Hello and welcome to BTAC Presents BTOX Podcast. I am your host, Carissa Ruff, and we are now tuned into Episode 7. Today's guest is Dana Romero. Dana Romero is a first-generation college student with an associate and bachelor's degree in psychology and a minor in sociology. She holds certificates in pharmaceutical and medical ethics and criminology. She is currently halfway through her Master of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, specializing in clinical rehabilitation counseling at Marquette University in Milwaukee. Dana is originally from Illinois and just recently picked up and moved to Milwaukee when she got her acceptance letter. She worked in the behavioral health field for about a year and a half in Illinois as a behavioral support specialist for children, adolescents, and adults with severe emotional or behavioral disorders and worked with mothers who experienced bereavement. She is also a volunteer online crisis counselor with Crisis Text Line. Dana presented at the Wisconsin Counseling Association Annual Conference and received first place in her presentation on the impacts of incarceration on the children of those incarcerated. Thank you so much, Dana, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yay. Um, so to begin, what interests you about behavioral health? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That question brings so many things to mind. I feel like a big part of it is I've always been intrigued by the whys and the hows of humans, the nature and nurture debates, and just kind of changing that narrative of what behavior means and the weight it holds. I want to take a more holistic approach um, than just behavior. I love, yes. And why did you choose to pursue this kind of work? Yeah, I have always seen that need and I wanted to become a clinician who ran towards the concerns and the unknown than to just shy away from it. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed preventative care and early measures rather than interventions. And I'm just really, really interested in high acuity and niche specialties. And I feel like I could help be a part of that solution. Absolutely. Um, and what population did you choose to work with and why? Yeah, so I originally started out thinking I would just be going to be a child counselor. And then through volunteering and working in the field, I've actually expanded those ages from about six years old to about people in their 60s. <laughs> um, but I do think I will stick with more of the child, adolescent and family populations. Like I'm going into clinical rehabilitation. So focusing on those with disabilities. Mm. So one of the reasons why I chose to go into clinical rehabilitation counseling is to change a bit of the narrative within it. I feel like when people hear rehabilitation, they think veterans, which is an amazing population that does need help. I do also think that we need to shine the light on teenagers who have disabilities. And this can be mental, emotional, physical and then what I do at my internship is I work with children. And I think people tend to forget that because they're so young and we assume they're so healthy, we are missing that there is those populations of children with disabilities. So I hope to work more in that area, bring more light to it and get them the best help we can. Amazing. I love that. Yes. And what does your journey toward that look like as a student? Oh, yes. <laughs> so I am full-time um, in my graduate program right now. I am actually currently in my summer semester. So we take four classes, six, week, six weeks for each one. I work part-time on campus. And then I spend um, a good chunk of three days of the week at my internship. Ooh, so busy schedule. Uh, so with that busy schedule, I wanted to take a moment to ask about your experience as a first-generation student. Yeah. So I came into it thinking, okay, I know how to get through high school, and I did. 
And then I felt like the road kind of ended for a moment. Both my parents didn't go to college. They didn't know how to help me. So I spent hours researching. I went to free clinics at the libraries that taught you how to apply to colleges, how to talk to colleges. And I said, why not? Let's go for it. And I can honestly say it's it's been kind of tough some days because I don't have somebody before mm-hmm. me who can show me the ropes. But I feel like it also made my accomplishments so much more meaningful to know they had purpose and all that work did pay off for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, from there, how has COVID impacted your experience, career ideas, and goals? Yeah, I feel like for me, COVID was a foot in the door. I noticed that my friends were losing their internships and their jobs. So I decided this could be a time for me to try and volunteer and to get myself going. So I applied to a place back in Illinois and I was offered a job with them. So they helped me gain my first job in the field as a behavioral support specialist. And I've loved it ever since. Oh, that's super fascinating. That's fun. Um, And if you could change anything about the behavioral health field, what would it be? Yeah, I feel like one thing that really comes to mind that if I could change the behavioral health field, it would be the accessibility to it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be a basic human right and necessity for everybody to have those services and for them to be readily available and being able for them to get there and go through those full services without having to worry about other barriers. Mm -hmm. Fully agree. Um, And what does your dream job look like in the behavioral health field? Mm -hmm. I think that's also why I love this field is you can have a lot of dream jobs within it. I think for right now, my dream job would to be a child, adolescent and family therapist and specializing in like trauma informed care I'm really interested in areas of like trauma, anxiety, incarceration related concerns, and anything high acuity. Uh, Do you have any kind of, you're talking about having all these different kind of populations you're looking into and your dream job is kind of like connected to that. Um, So do you have any role models that you're looking at in the behavioral health field that are surrounding kind of that space? Yeah, I feel like I do have a few. The ones that I feel like come to mind the most is I had a teacher, Taj Priya, um, back in high school. It was AP psychology, and she kept pushing me and really told me that this is an area that I would thrive in. Um, Dr. KM and Dr. Ong at Marquette University have been amazing impacts. And my field supervisor, her name is Alexis, she has been absolutely amazing at giving me a look at what it's like to be in the field. Ooh, perfect. And that's a perfect segue. Um, so what is something that your field supervisor or teachers or mentors uh, have done to support you throughout your training? Yeah, I could not thank them enough. They've reminded me that I am on the right path. They provide specific feedback and suggestions while also they allow me to kind of put my own twist on things. I don't have to do it just one way. And they remind me of that, that, There's no perfect or right way to do things. And my favorite part is that they genuinely ask, how are you feeling? How are you doing in this work? And I think that's so important to be asking. Absolutely. Um, And if you could go back now that you're halfway through your your, uh, master's degree, if you could go back and give yourself advice in the beginning of this process, what would that be? 
I feel like the one thing I wish I would have told myself or could tell myself is just take a breath. You made it. Mm. I feel like for us as students, we experience imposter syndrome and every step of the way, we're trying to prove to ourselves that we did it. And I think I would just tell myself, like, you did do it. Yes. And is there anything um, that you could tell other behavioral health students? What would it be? If I could tell other behavioral health students one thing, I think it would be to remember that the sky is not the limit. Your mind is. Mm -hmm. So we get kind of stuck sometimes on, oh, this seems too hard or I can't do it. And I want them to know you can do it. You will do it. And we're all rooting for you. And also, it's okay to not know yet. Like, it's okay to have several dream jobs. It's okay to want to try several classes and different specialties. There's nothing wrong with that. If anything, that's why that's why we're in school. And I would hope that other students in the field understand is it's normal to have those rough days, whether in class, after a harsh session, after having a client, and that's normal it's okay. And it's just what you do with those hard days and with those hard feelings. Nobody expects you to be the brick wall. No one expects you to hold it in. That's what makes you an amazing counselor is that you are feeling those emotions and you're truly making that difference. Ooh, great. Yay. Love a lot of a motivational moment for, (laughs) for future students. Is there any other advice you'd like to share? One thing I would also tell other students in this field is to go to those conferences, go to those workshops, whether you're comfortable enough to present or not to present. It is an amazing opportunity to get to know other people in your field who are specializing in different things and took different paths and are all from different ages. I, in my very first year of grad school, presented at the Wisconsin Wisconsin Counseling Association at their annual conference, and I presented on the impacts of incarceration on the children of those who are incarcerated. And I thought, you know, I want people to know more about this. This is so important. And little did I know some of the people that attended that conference were in corrections or they also work with at-risk youth. So it was really cool to be able to connect to those people and be able to network with them and really show that what you are presenting is noticed and that it's important. Yes. What a great uh, tidbit to give people because that is so true. Um, And really great connections and networking there. Oh, it's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for connecting with us today. I had a great time speaking with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing to be here. And that concludes our seventh episode of Talks with Dana Romero. Make sure you follow or subscribe through your favorite podcast platform. We invite you to check out the official BTAC website where you can access trainings and events, view previously recorded webinars, check out our curated resources, and request technical assistance. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Talks, and stay tuned for our next podcast. Great. Anything else? These are so great.